Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. The fabulous fifth hour with sad news with Charlie Robinson, also uh, 9-11. We will remember. We'll see what they do tonight with the Monday Night Football broadcast mm-hmm. in New York or New Jersey. I'm sure that'll be quite moving. And uh, we'll never forget the nearly 2,800 lives lost on that terrible day 22 years ago. Amen, brother. Today. Amen. Where were you, Rod? I've not heard that story. I was on the air with uh, the Buck and doing um, this show and uh, told the people of Austin, whoever was tuning in, we were talking about your your coach, Mac Brown, and I think Greg Davis was a big target of conversation that morning for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, but 22 years ago, uh, just like today, talking Texas football and the world change. Where you... I was on campus, I believe. I'm not – if I'm yeah, I was in Jester Dorm, and my sweet mate was Chris Sims, actually, one of my best friends in the world. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Um, he actually knew people that worked in the tower. Uh, so he was a wreck. And remember, nobody's phones were working. That's right. In, right. Yeah, it, it was was too many, yeah, it was too many people, I guess, trying to call, whatever, like the phones. With families up there. His yeah, dad works so the... he couldn't really get in touch with a lot of folks up there at the time. So, uh, yeah, he was he was emotionally a wreck. So I was, yeah, I was in a dorm with him, and I remember that, and just being, I don't know, just in awe of, like, how, with the magnitude of the moment and what was happening. Still, to this day, I think people are trying to process how what, yeah. what what happened and what we saw at the time. It's so tragic, um, but still uh, brought out the the best um, in our really in our American um, kind of you know in, in our really our American grit uh, and the the intestinal fortitude of this country and a lot of folks who stepped up to the plate. And we're courageous and brave enough to say, no, I need to defend this country if we're under attack. And it brought the country together in a way that, honestly, I don't think I've seen since. Those stories are haunting and, and always just bring chills. Um, gosh. I know. I, I, I remember I did a show for a little bit with a guy, Mike Rosenthal, who was, who was with the Minnesota, played for the Vikings and the Giants. And uh, was the Austin I had football coach for a while mm-hmm. uh, now. Yeah, that. Well, Mike was a great guy and a great guy to do a show with. But he, he told the story that they had played Monday Night Football at Denver that night before. Remember the Giants? And they couldn't fly back in. They, they, they well, they could, they flew back. And then, then it just, I'm trying to remember his, his story because they played Monday Night Football. I think there was a weather delay or something getting out mm-hmm. of Denver. I forget what it was. But the, just all those stories are just like, man, I mean, yeah. um, but we, we will never forget. We will never forget, my friends. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for, for bearing with it. But obviously there's a lot of excitement to talk about, including the uh, the Longhorn victory, emphatically the Cowboys victory. Can I play this for you? Because we just came off of who said that. Can I play Chris Collinsworth for you last night? Listen to this at the end of the game. You might have gone <laughs> to bed already, but uh, Ty was soaking it all in. Up 40 to nothing and uh, a beaten Giants team thoroughly. Here's Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. I mean, this is awful. I mean, I don't know what else to say. We've all been in games like this. I've played in more than my fair share where nothing goes right. The rain, the whole bit, the passing game can't get going at all. And Aaron Rodgers up next. That's who Dallas has next. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure he's paying attention. Only good news out of that. This is awful. 
was just awful. He was letting him have it. Like, yeah, he was not he was, holding back. Well, it was not a good game plan. It was a terrible game plan. And Brian Dayball, one of the reasons I was curious about it was, you know, what what does he come up with? He knows what what Dan Quinn is up to, and they know they know each other very well. No secrets here, and that's a good. Uh, Good, good way to say uh, congratulations to Ty Henderson, our producer, had a good weekend uh, as our degenerate gambler. But you hit some picks this weekend. Now your Illinois pick to start the weekend was not strong. No, no that was not I, I, strong. Can, can you even tell? Can you tell me what I took? You took Rice. That, that was a good one. They that won the game outright. One. Yeah, beat the Cougs. Uh, Cougar high. You beat Vandy. You had Vandy. I don't know what happened there. They lost by more than ten. All right, so, so you so you're one and two there. But then Colorado, you took and then you took the smart. Dallas Cowboy. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. And personally, I had a 50-unit weekend. So Nice. Well done. And you were howling them Browns. Browns beat the hell out of Bengals. Actually, it, I think it held Joey, Joe Burrow to his lowest QBR in his career. Like 83 yards passing. I think it was lowest passing yards in his career, I have him on my fantasy teams. Yeah. So I know very <laughs> so well you know. how that went. I, uh, I had Texas, so I hit that. I had uh, Baylor, UTSA, Baltimore, and Texas Tech. I would have had a, a good week, except Texas Tech got the bad beat because I had Baltimore, Texas, and Baylor, who Baylor didn't win the game, but they covered. UTSA did not cover. Mm. Uh, that would have been my one loss until Texas Tech. Wreckham Tech, they killed me. So we both went 3-2. and two. Yeah, Don't both 3-2. and two. Believing in Joe, Joe me the money. Well, and it was 31-30, to 30, Rod, with 15 seconds to go. All they were doing was running the clock out. The game was over. And Tyler Shuck drops back and takes a sack, fumble recovery, touchdown. Now they they could have still kicked a field goal. I get that, so they weren't giving up. But it was a, it was unlikely. But all mm. I needed was not the pick six. Come all on. Texas, I got to do either if they won the game, that'd have been great. That couldn't happen. Or the, the fumble return, bad beat, Rod. That bad helped beat. me though. That contributed to my fifty units. Good so, job, there you my go. friend. Thank Good you. Job. Red Raider, nice gonna, picks. Red Raider gonna Red Raider. Hey, we'll have some what's popping picks for the night because uh, in addition to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets playing Josh Al- Josh Allen and the Bills. There's a huge series in Major League Baseball if you're still paying attention. The, I mean, the, the Texas well, Rangers. I you stated that. If you're still paying if, attention. Well, I, I am, but I know a lot of people are. If your no. bandwidth isn't full with football of college and the NFL Well, variety. listen, the Rangers have a huge series this week, four games in Toronto. This could determine their fate. If they don't get their act together, that series, those seven games with the Mariners at the end of the year won't matter uh, because this, this game, this series with the Blue Jays, is uh, you know the half a game separates Toronto and Texas right now for the final playoff spot in the American League. It's um, and the Astros are starting to, to pull away a little bit, up two and a half games now. So baseball, football tonight, and Texas football conversation. Uh, in addition to the Rod's rant and the behind the burn orange curtain from last hour, Rod, the other college football stories. You, we heard Jimbo Fisher, so that's a bit of a controversy now. Mm. Is uh, you know his it's his time excuses, there is wearing man. thin. I think at this point, some some he had a better record than Jimbo Fisher through. At this point in the tenure, someone, yeah, someone. He did. yeah. Well, he had a Heisman Trophy winner. He beat Bam a couple times. Yeah, this Jimbo, it's just a mediocre. But he didn't program. have he didn't have the resources to recruit there like Jimbo has had. No, they put everything behind Jimbo. All their, you know, BMDs, big money boosters and donor, all that, all that. Well, think cash about it this way. In their uh, NIL prowess, I read an interesting commentary that one of the reasons that Bama is down from where they've been is the recruiting that Jimbo Fisher has done. Oh, yeah. That a lot of the guys that they that Nick Saban alleged they paid for would have been guys that would have landed in Tuscaloosa. And that, like you're saying, where are the mm-hmm. war daddies on their defensive line? Well, th- those war daddies that would be playing for Nick Saban are underperforming at Alabama. And or being, you mean at Texas A&M. And being underdeveloped. At <laughs> right, right. But they're being overpaid. But they're being well-paid. <laughs> overpaid but underdeveloped. <laughs> and that's, you know, there's a, there's an SEC commentary about that, that, hey, they're, and that, you know, that there was a reason Nick Saban was so angry 
mm. that he publicly called out Jimbo Fisher. That makes sense. That's like, a good point. Like those are some dudes, like the Walter Nolans of the world and those number one defensive linemen who normally go to Alabama and then straight off to the NFL. Yeah. They went to AM. Mm-hmm. Remember that number one defensive line class? Well, they just gave up 48. That's uh, 48 crazy. to Michigan or to, to Miami. Miami. That's crazy. And Tyler Van Dyke. I don't I don't know. The other controversies in college football. Uh, I want to hear this because I just sent this to you, Ty. So at Norman, Ala, uh, one of my other mention picks was was you was uh, SMU. SMU was they also had a bad beat late in that game, and then they lost by seventeen. The line was sixteen, but either way, SMU kept it close into the fourth quarter. But Oklahoma won the game, and Art Bryles was on the sidelines near the end of the game, wearing a an Oklahoma. You know, long sleeve shirt, one of the football gear, football pieces of football gear. So he looked kind of like a, a member of the staff. So people at uh, Norman, of course, were irate that no, Art, yeah, Jeff Levy, of course, is married to Art Brow's daughter, and so yeah, he's it's just yeah. and, it's grandfather of his kids, right? But there's reporting in Alabama, a guy named Jason Kersey, who or Alabama. I want to get my schools mixed up. There's reporting, and it's the, it's the fabulous fifth hour. You got a bam on the brain, though. Come but on. the uh, <laughs> there's a reporter there, Oakland for Oklahoma, named Jason Kersey, who says mm-hmm. that there was a deal made when they hired Jeff Levy to be the offensive coordinator. That uh, there was the Noah Bryles, right? Mm-hmm. Noah Bryles shall not be named. Don't yeah, bring him around here. We'll, we'll deal with the fallout because people were going to be upset about it, but we're, we'll take cover for you. Just don't bring him around. Essentially, okay. Larry was on the sidelines. He was on the sidelines. We're going to want to see his his grand his son in law and um, well, here's Jeff Levy answering the questions of well, what's going on with Art Bryles being there. Bad look for Oklahoma. Did you Jeff? Did you have? Did you reach out to Art Bryles and invite him onto the sideline tonight? That's my father in law. That's yeah. So he's my father in law. That's a grandfather to my two kids. So he was down with our entire family after the game. Well after the game, but he was down there and with the entire family. I think there's going to be people that have trouble squaring that a little bit because of his. Yeah, well, that again, he's with his entire family. That's my father-in-law. That's the grandfather to my two kids. All right, so there he is. And that's that's our family. He is family. So that's. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. He was there with family. Now the question was. About he wasn't the, on the field during the game. If he wasn't on, the, this was an after the game thing where people, a lot of people, come onto the field after the game, and he was Correct. one of those people. A lot of those people are family members and family and friends of the coaches and of players or staff. So, you know, that happens a lot. And I guess what was the the the, the agreement like? Exactly. What was the, what there's the been details reporting of that there was an agreement. Did they say now, he couldn't come around at all? That's what you'll hear about uh, today. I don't. Uh, I don't know the answer. Oh, is he know. just not allowed in the field? Uh, I, I hard would to say he can't come to the university. Can't, can't be in the stands well, to watch a game. Regardless of the agreement, that's something that's pretty hard to enforce. Like you can't like yes, you, like, I agree. legally it's like yeah, you can you can come to the games. And like I, I don't have any problem with this it. family. It's not like Arbiles out there making like. Calls for them or like scouting. I, I'm with Ty. Like I, I got no problem with him. He's with his family. He shouldn't be in charge of any program where he is responsible for mentoring young people and influencing young people. We all agree with that. We're all on the same page. I mean, he's just going to a football game with his family. Can he can't do that either? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 He can't do that. Well, he's a villain. Okay, I would see if, if he's, he's, a he's a villain and rightfully a villain. He's like OJ, but OJ, OJ, can OJ not go through again? Y'all don't want, y'all don't want to see OJ in public ever again? 
Not on my sidelines. Not wearing the colors. <laughs> not wearing the colors. I would say OJ has not been to a football game that I can remember in a while. He would he used to go to those Buffalo Bills games, but he would never go like in the stadium. He'd hang out outside with like the Rudy oh, fans. Game? I want to say he's done that a couple of times. Yeah, like <laughs> hang out. I mean, OJ's great for content. OJ's great for content. Our browser so is not. Not so much. Our browser is not. Great point. Yeah, I, I look. I, I was actually surprised to see how much of the the furor there was, but it kind of makes sense if there was a deal. Hey, we want you to call our offense, but we don't want your father-in-law around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll take we'll take one without the other. And, of course, Kendall Bryles is calling plays at TCU. Yes, he uh, is. Right now, that would be the son of Art Bryles. Yep. So, so yes. you might see him up there. Is there. Do they have an agreement, too, at TCU? Well, and weren't, That well, he doesn't well, come around? And, and both of those guys were on the staff as a Baylor when all this was going down. And that leads to the other controversy, because now you have Michigan State's Mel Tucker and Brenda Tracy, the—, the uh, the yeah, she's sexual the advocate. violence advocate who yeah. was was she 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 was gang raped herself in college and has become a, a big advocate for women Champion being heard for, and for victims yes, of sexual assault and, and, and not being ignored arrest. when this happens especially yeah. when it's athletes and football related she you know came to prominence through the Baylor situation because yep. she was a strong voice of uh, these women need a voice that uh, were not heard by Art Bryles and the Baylor coaches and now she's back into a situation with Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Yeah, a USA Today investigation published early Sunday uh, found Tracy filed a complaint with the university's Title IX office claiming Tucker made sexual comments towards her and um, there was a, <clears throat> a very inappropriate conduct uh, via over the phone. I won't even say exactly what it is. Uh, master of his domain, that kind of thing. Oh. Not, not, be, not being master of his domain. Was that was she's the on the phone? That's the allegation that... Yeah, he so was, was making like sexual comments towards her. Going on? Sounds like that was, comedian. And he was not, huh? That comedian got in trouble for the same thing? Yes. Over the phone? No, yes. Just... And basically, he was gratifying himself over the phone. That's the claim, by the way. And that, that traumatized her even more um, because of her, of course, past uh, sexual assault. So, And he claims he did. He said all that happened. He said he that indeed happened. But it was consensual. It was consensual. He's saying it was consensual. She's saying, I did not give consent for that. So that's where we are now. They're trying to decide between was it consensual um, or did she you know, decide this was inappropriate and she did not give her consent for such behavior. So that's what we're, that's what we're stuck at. The investigation is trying to figure how, that out. The, the irony of all that coming back together with controversy and Norman. And uh, we'll hear from Brett Venables today. He was asked about it after the game and didn't have much comment, but obviously now there's been two days to think about it, and there's stories been written. Oh, and, um, oh about uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, and he kind of threw Levy under the bus a little bit. I heard that he's like, hey, man, that was on him. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Well, that's, why, <laughs> and that's what you wonder is going to be said today. I ain't got nothing to do with that. It's Levy. Because, if, if again, if there was a, a, a deal made that, hey, we're, we're hiring you, but no, no Art Bryles, and then that happened and Brett Venables didn't defend him after the game and said that's on him, well – there could be something coming today from Brett Venables. We'll see. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'll says. throw this out there about Brent Venables because he's been really hands-on with that defense. That uh, game against Arkansas State, they were great. Only missed three tackles in that game after averaging 13 and a half missed tackles in 2022. Um, SMU has had a top 15 scoring offense in each of the last four seasons. That offense can score. Period. SMU, they they, they are not a, an offense uh, that lacks firepower. In any of those years, they've never – ever scared, uh, scored as few as 11 points. Tonight, that 11 points they scored against Oklahoma, that was their lowest scoring output since 2017. So people were like, oh, man, they didn't beat Oklahoma. They didn't, Oklahoma didn't beat SMU by enough. SMU usually scores a lot of points, and they very rarely score 
11 points or fewer. Haven't had that happen since 2017. Been a top 15 scoring offense last four years. Throwing out there, Brent Venables doing some really good stuff on that defense. Just different than we're used to with Lincoln Riley. More defense and yes. less offense. And that's obvious yes. with the, uh, the coach that he is and the type of program he's going to want. And, uh, you know, the defense has been really good. But, again, the thing, the frustrating part for – for me, is that, and I think for a lot of fans, is, is Oklahoma really won't be tested until they play Texas uh, in the Cotton Bowl. We won't know just truly how good they are. Texas just got tested, right? Texas just got to, you know, show what they are on the biggest stage against you know one of the one of the best brands and teams in the country. Uh, Oklahoma won't get that chance until they play Texas because next Texas is now proven that they are one of those teams. Oklahoma will be ranked because again, the, the 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 scheduling gods did them such a gift to uh, to put the. And yet, also remember this, Rod, that when the uh, the move to the SEC was announced, uh, Oklahoma was scheduled to play Georgia this year. Mm. And both teams yeah. have easy schedules because they, they canceled that game. <laughs> they canceled that game. Smart move. <laughs> and so neither will be tested when they get into conference play. And Georgia smacked around Ball State, who I like to call testicle tech. Um <laughs> But they uh, wow. But look, look. Here's Oklahoma. Let me get to the schedule. This is this is ridiculous. I, I, we've done it all all season. But Oklahoma before it's, they play Texas, it's favorable. Arkansas no State, SMU, Tulsa, at Cincinnati, Iowa State before they play Texas. They should be undefeated. They will be undefeated. And they'll probably be in the top ten potentially with upsets that are going to happen. And right now they're at eighteen. I still sense at least a two-score win for Texas in that game. Well, we'll see where we are when we get there. But, yes, Texas will be their most formidable test, to say the least, uh, because Iowa State's not good this year. Cincinnati had a nice win. I was saying Cincinnati Cincinnati will be a test. Cincinnati Cincinnati beat the Pitt Panthers Yeah, at Pittsburgh. And Pat Narduzzi's built a good program there. So to go in on the road and win that game, uh, that'll be far and away their toughest game. That's September 23rd when the Longhorns are playing Baylor. And by the way, Baylor is careening towards a one and five start for Dave Aranda after losing to Utah. Up they played them tougher than I thought, though. Up thirteen. Well, yeah. you know, we yeah. talked about it last week. The, the, when your when your athletic director says that's inexcusable, when you lose to Texas State, you're going to play harder. You're going to play tougher. And they were up thirteen to three, Rod. Yeah, they had it. They're up thirteen to three, and then fourteen fourth quarter Utah points, and Collapse. they they lose that game. So uh, yes, we will. That, that Cincinnati game at Cincinnati. Be, that's be, a test. That's a, a test. That'll be one of those marquee Big Twelve games. But uh, right now, the best teams in the Big Twelve appear to be playing in the state of Kansas with K State. K State, man. We and all knew K State was going to be good. Well, that's not shocking for, anybody. Uh, for Kansas, uh, they beat Illinois. When they got Jaden Daniels night. back, yeah. They, when they get when they have Jaden Daniels playing quarterback, that offense is one of the best offenses in the country. Now, their defense is just as bad as their offense is good. Yes. That's the problem for Kansas. So they can't necessarily, they right. can beat Texas, but it would have to be in a shootout, like 48 to 45 type thing. I'll give on. you this. They played Illinois out of the Big Ten, right? Brett Bielema's team. Mm-hmm. He just had a bunch of dudes drafted into the NFL, including the fifth pick of the draft was a corner that the Seahawks yeah. took. Witherspoon. Witherspoon. They just gave up. Brett Bielema's team on Friday night gave up 539 yards of offense to Kansas. I'm telling you. 277 through the air, 262 on the ground, Brett Bielema. You should be ashamed of yourself. Lance Lepo, that offense is nasty. And by the way, they play two quarterbacks sometimes. They'll play Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean because they believe they're really good. Jalen Daniels threw for 277 yards in the game. Jason Bean threw for 276 yards (laughs) in the game. I'm telling you, they'll have a two-quarterback system sometimes. They'll put them both on the field at the same time. 
and be tossing back the Devin, ball back and forth. I'm the, telling you. The running back, Devin Neal, had 214 no. yards rushing. A guy named Hinshaw had 127. That that offense, I'm telling you, it's one of the best offenses in the country. It just Y'all not used to me saying that about Kansas football. No. But that's what Lance Lee posed. And I can't even pronounce the offensive coordinator's name, Colton Nicky. Is it Kotel Nicky? They did pretty Kotel good. Right Nicky, something like that. But he's he's amazing. He won't be there very long. They just paid him, I think, gave him a bonus to try to keep him there. I'm telling you guys, that's why he was picked to be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in the preseason. Jalen Daniels is a real deal, man. He can, when he he was a Heisman front runner before he got hurt last year. And then he got hurt and everything went off the rails for Kansas. Well, now Offense they got two quarterbacks, and uh, mm-hmm. Texas will play Kansas here, correct? That game is here. Yes, it is because you played them up there last year. Uh, You're going to need it here, too, because they're going to score. This said, uh, when I went to Ball State, we also called it Testicle Tech. In the late 80s, <laughs> it was 4-1 to one women to men. Sounds oh, like a good campus. That's Should awesome. not be called Testicle Tech, then. That's true. He's right about that, actually. This 4-1 to one <laughs> women to men. It should be Tulsa. You know where else. I learned that first? It was, yeah. uh, I heard that from David Letterman. David Letterman yeah. went to Ball State, and he used to call it you Testicle can call Tech. It, what about, yeah, you can call it something else for the ladies, like the, you know, with the, the breasts. Breast State. Call it. No, not that, but what the the street term for it? Teddy uh, State. <laughs> v, v, it starts with a V, I think. <laughs> no, that was actually where I was going. I didn't think he was going. Oh, like it. I didn't think he was going. He's high. What do you think? Do you think there's a filter in there. <laughs> I did. Do you think I there's thought, a filter yes. on that man. Temporarily, I thought yes. He's like, oh, just saying. Hey, the so. kids are out of the, the car line now. We're good. Okay. Well, Tessa, I thought okay. you were going to go like the Seinfeld episode, Mulva. <laughs> With a, a name, <laughs> a female body part? Yeah. Do you remember what it was, what her name was? I don't. It was Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> Dolores! That's right! Mulva. Mulva. Hey, we'll come back. Uh, still a great text coming in. This says, guys, Illinois also lost their best defensive coordinator. He went to Purdue. Oh, there you go. That, that explains a lot. 537 nine yards. That's not a good good, good showing for Brett Bielema's team. We'll be back. Longhorns had a great showing in Tuscaloosa. We go behind that burnt orange curtain one more time as Rod has been doing the deep dive analysis of the uh, Longhorn performance, both sides of the ball. They were 52-1 in their last 53 games, so this Longhorns, the talk of the college football landscape after their beatdown. I can call it a beatdown, right, Ron? Uh, yeah. I mean, physically I, imposing 10 point win. Outcoached Bama, outplayed Bama, won the lines of scrimmage against Bama. I mean, honestly, I don't. You got to go their back mistake, a long time. Their, their own mistakes prevented it from being a much larger score. Yes, they fair? dropped some touchdown passes, but. I mean, you could argue that uh, the last time Bama was beat this thoroughly at home, I mean, you got to go probably go back to Nick Saban's first year. I, I, I haven't looked at it. I'm just saying, like, you got think about this. According to ESPN Stats and Info, this was the first time in Nick Saban's 223 games at Alabama that the Tide were outgained, lost a turnover margin, lost a turnover battle, I should say, allowed more sacks, committed more penalties, and had worse average starting field position than their opponent. It's never happened. Uh, in Nick Saban's 223 games at home at Alabama, that they were outgained, lost the turnover battle, allowed more sacks than their opponent, committed more penalties, and had a worse average starting field position than their opponent. It's never happened. That's the most thorough beatdown anybody's ever had of Nick Saban at home, arguably, period. Well, um, and this text here says not to nitpick after a great win, but that's Rod's takes on the running game. 
Um, you know, Rod told you all last week that it was going to be hard to, to line up with a traditional yeah. run game against his Bama front. But the short passing game became an extension of the run game, as That's we all it was. talked about. And yeah. when they needed to run in the last seven minutes and run out the clock, guess what they did? They ran the ball. They, they ran the ball. And Cole mm-hmm. Hudson and DJ Campbell and that group got nasty. Uh, that offensive line, uh, a lot of plaudits here because uh, the two best players on the – well, the, the, the best group on the – Alabama side, right? I mean, we know Kool-Aid McKinstry is a really good corner, but the Longhorns have too many weapons for just one good corner to deal no, with, right? Exactly. And they did say they schemed X-Man into a safety coverage at one point on his long touchdown. Uh, A.D. Mitchell just makes plays. But Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell are their most impactful game wreckers, and the Front two tackles for guys. Texas locked them up. Yep. Those guys did. didn't have an impact. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dallas Turner, I remember him making one play on the fourth down, and that's about it, but to not to allow zero sacks versus Alabama. It, to me, of all the uh, just really amazing, extraordinary stats and nuggets that came out of this game, I think considering where Longhorn fans were in their uh, their confidence level of the offensive line prior to the Bama game, coming off the Rice game where Rice actually was able to hit Quinn Ewers a lot and had 10 pressures. I believe they had three sacks in that game. Uh, if you had asked Longhorn fans about their confidence level going to play Alabama after that Rice game, they probably would have been freaking out, and it probably would have been a really low number. But then you got the offensive line versus Bama to be the only group since 2014 to allow fewer than three quarterback pressures and zero sacks in a single game against Alabama. I, that is that is probably the most remarkable turnaround. Quinn Ewers is probably second because we've seen Quinn Ewers ceiling a little bit. We've seen it flash. Alabama uh, 2022 for the first quarter. Oklahoma that year in 2022, his first game back after the injury. We've seen him flash. Even in the Washington game, right. we saw some of those flashes from Quinn. So we've seen flashes. We haven't seen that kind of dominance from this O-line. We have not seen that at all. We haven't even seen flashes of it. That was a whole new O-line out there. We didn't, They were unrecognizable. So I think O-line, easily biggest surprise. D-line, we expected that kind of dominance, actually. They went 12 deep versus Rice, and that's been the strength of the defense for the last two years. Put two guys in the league last year, and that D-line may be even deeper now that you've got actual edge rushers like Ethan Burke they can contribute and Baron Sorrell and what uh, Anthony Hill did off the edge. The offensive line, easily, by far and away, the biggest surprise and uh, you may argue the biggest reason you won that game versus Bama. If everybody else performs at the level expect, expected, Quinn, wide receivers, running backs, D-line, defense, they all perform at the level expected. You're in that game, but I don't know if you win that game. You won that game because the O-line kept Quinn clean. And like you said, uh, E, they finished strong. Finished. They yeah. imposed their will Whether on They ran the late. ball early, doesn't matter. They ran the ball late, <laughs> which is when you have to win games. Yeah. And that was all. Said all last week. I mean, I don't really. I don't want to say I don't care, but it doesn't really matter to me what happens in the first three quarters. What's going to happen in the fourth is what mm-hmm. matters because that's going to tell the tale of this team. That's that was the tale of this team last year. Uh, and what did we see? We, again, they didn't flinch. They bounced back after falling behind in the third quarter. Uh, then when they give up the quick touchdown for Jalen Milrow, they they attacked right back and, mm-hmm. and retook a double digit lead, and then closed it out. I mean, those last four drives, Rod, twenty four plays, twenty one points. Uh, chewed up the last seven minutes of the clock. I mean, 189 yards of oh. offense on those last four drives. Wow. It's just impressive. Very, ABC, very impressive. Always Did, be closing, baby. Didn't they say that uh, on the broadcast that Vince Young went up to Quinn Ewers before one of the last drives and told him to go finish it? Yeah. I'm, fini- that, that, I'm well, telling that you. That was it. I got that me fired was, up. I, that, if I remember Quinn that correctly. Quinn played with the fire in his belly, right. man. And Quinn said that to his, his teammates. And there were reports to other guys that that was, the, that was the war cry on the sideline. Finish. Finish. We're in it because we're better. 
we're in it because we have right committed ourselves and we have sacrificed for this. We've game planned and prepared for it. We're a better prepared team. We are a better team. We're a more talented team. But that doesn't matter if you don't finish. Well, Go yeah. finish. Yeah. And that's what they did. That was one of the biggest roadblocks, I mean, keeping them from being considered an elite team. And, and now sure, the that was the roadblock. Why doubt. you shouldn't lose a game. Well, totally now, now, and now it's about totally your week-in, week-out preparation and your week-in, week-out focus. And mm-hmm. that's uh, what we'll find out. We'll hear from Sark today. I'm assuming that's the message. We got a 24-hour rule. We're going to celebrate this one for a day. But now it's time on to Wyoming. On to Wyoming. And, yeah. look, if you're looking for uh, you know motivation, Sark can say, look, they, they beat Texas Tech. Do not take this Wyoming bunch lightly. They beat the Red Raiders. They beat one of our rivals or one of our, our conference mates. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be looking to come in here and pull the upset. Do not mess around with this. And that will be when we truly know this team is back. Because you can say, because right now it's one huge win, monumental win. Yep. But a, a satisfying win, but do not be satisfied. It's got to be the message. And, you know, if you can build on this and make this your everyday level of uh, – of intensity in a football game, they're going to be really, really hard to beat the rest of the way. Uh, totally this says, guys, uh, on your Ball State conversation, call it Chesticle Tech. Well done. Well done. Thank you, Texas. Your your imagination and your creativity Chesticle it Tech. never fails. It's not- Chesticle Tech. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's fantastic. Unbelievable. All right, can we uh, – Well, that was pretty much the burn orange curtain, but let's do it one more time behind the BOC. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to play a little uh, what's popping before the top of the hour. Let's uh, get you caught up, though, in some football. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Yeah, we just basically had one of those uh, – Burnt behind the burnt orange curtain uh, segments just there talking Texas football, but why not more Texas football discussion? Uh, because what they did in Tuscaloosa uh, is worth uh, lots of conversation and debate. And I've just been giving a lot of props to uh, Steve Sarkeesian and the offensive game plan. And we probably should give more props to the defensive game plan too because it was a damn good one. But we knew that Sark had to find a way to get Quinn Ewers in a groove, in a rhythm, and get them confident early on that game. As E has brought up many a times, you go look at the five teams you know, prior to Texas beating, Oak, uh, beating uh, Alabama and Tuscaloosa that had beaten um, Bama in Bama, and one of the common denominators was you know, the quarterback and a transcendent performance by your quarterback, your quarterback having a great day or being the best version of himself on that day you play Bama. That's what we needed from Quinn Ewers, and you got to give Sark a ton of credit. You know, I talked about how the high-percentage passing game had to become an extension of the running game. I just didn't think Texas was going to be able to line up and run the ball versus Bama with a traditional running game. And Sark, based on the game plan, he, he believed the very same thing. He believed that Texas would fall short if they just uh, lined up and tried to run the ball at, at Alabama in a traditional way. So he used the short, short high-percentage passing game as an extension of the running game. If you go look at passes behind the line of scrimmage, Quinn Ewers was 12 of 13 on passes behind the line of scrimmage. Those are just screens. Those are wide receiver screens, running back screens, swing screens, uh, those flat routes, the, um, the smoke routes to wide receivers. And that was a lot of the early game plan. But he was able to scheme open through play design yak opportunities, right, for guys to catch the ball and get yards after the catch. And based on that early early part of the game plan, I think that's what got Quinn Ewers really comfortable. And it was also pretty obvious, E, 
that these were plays that Quinn Ewers and the offense had been practicing not only for weeks, yes, and I mean during the Rice Week. It's pretty. I think I think you can reasonably jump to the conclusion that. Texas didn't really prepare for Rice at all. And during that week, they were probably doing Bama prep, not telling the players. I'm talking about coaches doing it in a covert fashion, but probably putting in more or at least as much Bama material as Rice material. And I think Quinn showed his comfort level with a lot of these plays, the timing of the plays, a lot of the pre-snap motions and shifts with these plays because he did not seem rattled. He did not seem, and a lot of that was the protection from the offensive line, uh, but he did not seem nervous at all. Running these plays, he seemed like he was dialed in. I think a lot of it was the repetition. They had run these plays all offseason, during the spring, and I think they were running them during Rice Week too, just not, not calling them during the Rice game. Yeah. Uh, it was it was everything Texas could have asked for. Uh, you know the the Rice game played a perfect pawn for Sark. It was a rope a dope. It was the, the rope a dope. The Rice was the game was rope a dope. Yeah. Well, I do think Sark was genuinely ticked off at his team for for kind of lallygagging on the offensive line, but it, it allowed him to coach really hard during the the game week prep, go some good on good, and really sharpen this team. And they played physical physical football. On Saturday, hey, Rod. Real quick, a piece of breaking news because we talked earlier about the Brett Venable story, the Oklahoma story, Art Bryles oh. on the field. All right, we now have the AD quoted, and our guy Jeff Levy may be in a bit of hot water to say. Oh the least. no, this ain't good. So Joe Castiglione, because um, Brett Venable said after the game, I've had no time to really think about any of that. I had no idea Art Bryles was on the field in the post game. Here's Joe Castiglione, basically saying it shouldn't happen. He said, I was just as disappointed as many of our fans when I learned of the postgame situation tonight. It shouldn't have happened, and it wasn't my expectation. It was my expectation that it ever would. Mm. Based on the boundaries we previously set, Uh-oh. I've addressed it with the appropriate staff. Oh, boundaries we previously set. So there was a, a gentleman's agreement. Or an agreement. An hey, agreement. You can have Jeff Levy, but no Art Browse. But no Art Browse. And maybe that agreement was made with Venables and not with – and maybe Venables did not well, that's, necessarily – That's bad leadership if that's the case. Yeah, maybe he didn't communicate that with Jeff Levy that, hey, man, he can't come around here. He can't come around I don't care if he is your father-in-law here. and the <laughs> grandfather of your kids. Yes. He don't come – he can go to road games. Okay, we got a lot of, we got a lot of road games. If you want to get the guy tickets and put him in the stands, that's fine. He that's cannot, fine too. And not only was he on the field, he's on the field with an Oklahoma hat and with uh, yeah. an Oklahoma shirt. I mean, it was like – he looked like a member of the staff. And so, yes, I mean, that, I mean, clearly, the Joe, Joe, Joe Castiglione knew it was a chance for some bad PR to hire Jeff Levy in the first place. Because, again, Jeff Levy and Kendall Bryles were on that staff they were both when there. all this went down. So, yeah. you know, but they've come through it and they've both been able to work. And, and you know, Kendall's coaching in, at TCU right now. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting because that wasn't just reporting. Now it's the AD saying, no, no, we had an agreement and it got broken. Mm. And you wonder. I mean, look. I mean, that's. I mean, you got to be able to trust your people. I mean, what got what got Art Bryles and Hot Water at Baylor like sweeping stuff under the rug, not paying attention to important situations. This is now Jeff Levy doing the same thing, like you no, know, almost sticking your finger in the nose, face of your your boss. Wasn't that the what his technical was a lack of institutional control? Yeah, for sure. And this is this is Joe Castiglione saying, "Yo, yo, we talked about this." Yeah, man. we talked about it. It's like when Tom Herman went rogue with the eyes of Texas yes. thing, and CDC basically got other coaches to go on the record with Chip Brown's piece saying, "No, no, everybody had a plan for the eyes of Texas." 
you went rogue with yours, but everybody else had a plan oh, for how it was supposed to go, that, and your boss throwing you under the bus. Well, I think that, I mean, it was it was nearing an end with Chris Del Conte and Tom Herman at that point, but that was it. I mean, that, mm-hmm. when, 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 when that got, then it became a war of words in the media, then CDC was putting out his info and um, getting it to the people he needed to. That was over. It was only a mat- That's why when, when Tom Herman was fired after winning the bowl game, I was surprised that people were surprised. I was like, yeah, those two guys don't like each other, y'all. That's his boss. Mm-hmm. And you could say it might seem harsh to fire Jeff Levy, but Joe Castiglione's a no-doubt-about-a guy. And it's one thing. Move the discretion. How big of a discretion was it or indiscretion is it versus – Dude, you we talked about this. Did he tell him face? That's the question. If he told Jeff Levy to his face, Art Browse does not come around this program and I don't want him near or affiliated with our program. If he told him that face to face, he could be fired. Because there's, there's nothing to be lost in translation. I told you. Yeah, I and told you. And you defied me. And then, and then in the, the <laughs> postgame, you say, well, he's my father, my, like, my father-in-law. I don't care about that. Like, no. That doesn't matter here. I knew that when I hired you. Yeah. <laughs> So that, to it, me, if he told Venables and Venables didn't didn't relay the message, then you could have something lost in translation. But if Castiglione told Jeff Levy when he hired him, hey, father-in-law cannot be around here, man. I don't want to see him it, on OU property with you know with our stuff on, affiliated with our stuff. Yeah, I think he could be fired if that's the case. He said it shouldn't have happened. That's insubordination. It shouldn't have happened, and it was my expectation it never would based on boundaries we previously set. What does that mean? What does that mean? Did he tell you, Levy, to your face? Did you oh, get that order? Man. We previously said from that sounds a lot like CDC with Tom yeah. Herman. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do, we will uh, hit some what's popping on our way out to the uh, top of the hour and hand it to Jim Rome. Uh, we'll also go watch that Sark News Conference. which was coming up at 11 o'clock, previewing the Alabama win now after watching the film and now looking forward to Wyoming. It's Ian Rodby. What's popping next? What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that play stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. What is popping? Not Brett Venables. By the way, now listen to this. This is going to get interesting today. All eyes will be focused on Steve Sarkeesian and his news conference, but according to our man Chris Bennett, Jeff Levy not only had Art Browse on the field. After previously apparently agreeing to not have Art Browse around the Oklahoma program, he changed his Instagram and Facebook profile pictures to a picture of he and his kids with Art Browse in an Oklahoma shirt. Oh, yeah, that ain't good. That ain't good. That ain't good. Yeah, boss ain't going to like that. Boss don't like that. Boss ain't going to like that. Damn. Is he trying to be openly defiant now? Are we at that, that point? That would seem to be seem like not just disobedient, insubordinate. But, insubordinate, but man, that's like, yo. Like if like middle finger kind of stuff. Like, like hey, I'm doing it, what I do and doing it. It's family, family over, you know, my profession I'll or whatever. Be interested to see that, and that that statement from uh, Joe Castiglione is pretty unambiguous. Yeah, because I need to know if Joe Castiglione told Jeff Levy to his face, "Hey, you know, your your your, your father-in-law can't be around here." Just so you know, man. I, I love you. I think you're great. Well, that would it be... ain't nothing personal, but he can't be around here because we don't want to deal with the blowback. If he told him that and he's still running around, yeah, Jeff Levy's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Well, and, yeah. if, and if Brett Venables <clears throat> made the agreement for him while hiring him. Now, with, that's a different discussion. And he didn't make sure that was really clear to his assistant coach. Well, yeah. that's a problem, too. That's a problem. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if you can, I don't know if Jeff Levy get fired then because you can blame, you know, you got somebody else to blame for it. Just like, man, my, my, well, my but, boss, but, Jeff Levy, like my boss, the head coach didn't tell me. Well, Joe Castiglione could just say, look, then that's on you. I'm firing the guy, and you can blame yourself. 
and you got to find a new OC right in the that. middle of the that's season. A, that's, that's a bad. I would say that's a that's bad optics though for a program sure. that is as respected and usually as you know buttoned up as Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's a we we talk trash in Oklahoma all the time because they're right. Oklahoma. That's a damn fine. I respect program. Oklahoma. Yes, I do not respect a We are exactly. We are, well, well they've, they they dominated <laughs> the Big Twelve. They've got the the trophy cabinet full, and it's a great program traditionally. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Barry Switzer used to have guys with machine guns in the dorm. I mean, they, they don't care. <laughs> this is fair. Okay, it's true. True that. Good point. Good I haven't point. heard that story. Uh, oh, Barry go Switzer, back to the uh, 80s, Switzer. man. They, had a, they, they, write, they write a book on that? I don't know if it was machine guns. They write a book they, on the Switzer years? There was some armory. I'm not, they write a book on the Switzer years? They had to have wrote a, wrote a book on the Switzer years. If not, somebody needs to do it right now. All right, so Make some uh, money. my man, RB, I, but Tyno, <laughs> what do you have? What's our uh, Sex Panther Oh yeah, pick of the night? We've got several to choose from. Hopefully it's on that Monday night football game we got coming. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, do we have yeah. your quote, your Sex Panther? Because you were more than 60% this week, I think. I yes. think you were strong. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every oh, time. Every time. Unless you get it. Unless you get a bad heat he like the Red close. Raiders. You were like four of seven on your pick, something like that, right? Well, I so we did our five, and then I gave the people you gave us a special Cleveland one. I mean, personally, I, did, six, okay. I was undefeated personally on everything I actually bet on this weekend, which hasn't happened in a very long time. I'm knocking on wood back here, but tonight, let's keep it going. Monday Night Football, Jets are underdogs, plus two. We're going to go ahead and take that. I know that the offensive line, there's some concerns, but that defense is too damn good to, good. to, to lose this game. You're, you're taking the mm-hmm. favorite. Now, Rod, what was your stat you gave about the road teams in the NFL this weekend? 12-3. and three. The road teams are 12-3 and three against the spread. First time say, since 2006 we've I, had that will, happen. If, if the Jets do lose, it'll be because Aaron Rodgers throws two or more interceptions. He usually is not very good on week one, but I think – Played in the preseason this time. Yeah, enough and enough preparation, both mentally and physically, this offseason. I, I think I think the Jets are going to be really good this year. All right, Cas- mm-hmm. uh, you know that casual audience will show up. I mean, that's what that Texas Alabama game brought is the casual foot fan that wanted to oh, it was yeah. such a big spectacle. Yeah. This will have that too tonight because oh, yeah. of the uh, the hard knocks and the Rodgers factor. Yeah, no doubt. And so you know you got factor. Demar Hamlin on the field tonight. It's nine eleven in New York. They're going to have great ceremonies and very moving ceremonies, I'm sure. I'd also say what's popping tonight, Texas Rangers better be. Rangers play the Blue Jays up in Ontario, up there in Toronto. Dane Dunning against Chris Bassett. You know, the Rangers who were in, if you would have told me they weren't going to make the playoffs two weeks ago, I wouldn't have believed you. If they don't handle business in a four-game series with Toronto starting tonight, they may not make the playoffs. They are spiraling. It's not good. Now, they did take two out of three this weekend, but that was to the A's. And guess what? Guess who the Astros play this week? The A's. The A's. They get to beat up the A's this week, uh, so you gotta win. I mean, the Rangers and the Mariners are uh, for Seattle uh, tonight. They're, I don't know, they're they're home to the Angels. So the Astros and May- and and Rangers with very favorable matchups because the Angels have been awful and have quit. The uh, A's are awful, and the Rangers are playing essentially a playoff series in my mind against Toronto. So that's popping tonight. Keep an eye on it. Also, what's popping? My new smile with Doctor hey, Greg. Yeah, you know, popping of, right there, spe- baby. Speaking of Facebook. Uh, that picture we took, you and I, right out at the field house at the crossover, oh, yeah. crossover on Saturday, I got more likes on a Facebook picture than any picture I've ever had, thanks to my new smile. And you, grand, were, and you were in it. Yeah. And you were in it. Because you have the great smile. It's not as good as yours right now. Hey, T.Y., thanks, brother. Rod, Let's great go. stuff. Let's do it again tomorrow at no 6 a.m. Every hour podcast at hornfm.com. Rome next.